I want you to go to two scriptures. One is, both of them are really easy to find. One is right in the very back of your Bible. Uh, there are 22 chapters in Revelation. I want you to go to Revelation 21. Go to Revelation 21, almost to the very back of your Bible. And then I also want you to go to the very front of your Bible, uh, to Genesis chapter one. So we're gonna go to Revelation 21, and then we're gonna, we're gonna go to Genesis chapter one. So I want you to go ahead and find both of those. That's where I'm gonna spend all of my, all of my time in the Word uh, this evening. Now we're gonna talk about a few other scriptures, but that's the part that you will need the most. So one more time, Genesis chapter 21, we're gonna start with verse six in a moment, and then also Genesis, excuse me, Revelation chapter 21, verse six, uh, verse five and six, and then Genesis chapter one, beginning with verse one. That should be easy to find. All right. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll add your blessing to the word. I ask you, Lord, that tonight something will be said that will be life-changing, something that will be threatening to the kingdom of darkness, and something, God, that will bring glory to the kingdom of heaven. I pray, Lord, that our lives will be made whole, God, that our past will be behind us, our future will be embraced before us in everything that it promises. And for this, we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, tonight I wanna to talk about all things new, all things new. Uh, before we go to the scripture, I wanna just refer to a book that I read many years ago. I like to read leadership books. As a matter of fact, I gave a leadership book today to all the staff that we're gonna be going through all this year. But I love to read leadership books, and many years ago, I picked up a leadership book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You've probably heard of that book. How many of you have ever read that book, all right? So I've read that book. As a matter of fact, I made, it, I made a commitment to myself to memorize the seven habits so I would never forget them and always try to live them out. Uh, so much so that our family adopted a couple of these seven habits in our family mission statement, and we would have a monthly meeting every month, a family meeting, just me and Faith and the girls, and we would talk about the family mission statement every month because it was important to us to live our life uh, on purpose. We wanted to live our life not only with purpose, but on purpose, to be strategic in all the things that we did. So when I read this book, I didn't realize at the time that this guy is a Christian, and he's a Mormon Christian, and so I don't agree with all of his theology, but what I do like about this book is that he based all of these principles upon Scripture. He based all of these upon Christian principles. And so if you, if you haven't read it, these are the seven habits. The first one is to be proactive. The second one is to begin with the end in mind. The third one is to think win-win. I, I don't think they put those up there. For, I saw someone look at the screen. I'm thinking, did they, did they put them there? I don't think they did. So to be proactive, to begin with the end in mind, to think win-win, the fourth one is to be is to be un, is to understand before being understood. I mean, you know that's a challenge for a few people to understand what others are saying before you want them to understand you. So to understand before being understood. The the next one is to synergize, and the last one is to sharpen the saw and always keep yourself sharp. Don't let yourself get sloppy. And I gotta admit, sometimes guys, I'm the worst at that because. I am, I'm a juggler these days. I am doing a lot of things, and I want to do them all well, and I'm always questioning myself, 
Am, am I given enough time to all of it? Am I doing it well? Because it's very important to me to do things with excellence and I don't ever wanna get sloppy on you or God. Let me start in priority. God, faith, my family, uh, and all the ministries that I serve. So that's my priority. I don't ever wanna get sloppy in those areas. I wanna give everything, I wanna give everyone my best. Now, while I'm not gonna preach on the seven habits of highly effective people, I do wanna pull out two of those and show you where you can find those in the scripture, and I wanna focus on two of those. The two I wanna talk about tonight is begin with the end in mind and first things first, okay? I think I left that one out, didn't I? I did, didn't I? So it's um, uh, be proactive, begin with the end in mind, first things first, and the next one is think win-win, all right. So I wanna, I wanna focus on those two. Begin with the end in mind and first things first. Now, to get there, let's start in the back of the Bible in Revelation chapter 21. So go to Revelation chapter 21 beginning in verse five. All right, verse five. Then he sat on the throne, then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega and beginning and the end. Now here's the thing that, that shows up or just screams out to me from this passage. First of all, I get it. We're at the end of eternity. God is making a new heaven and new earth. I get that's the application of the scripture. But what made me stop and think is when he tied it to Genesis. Because he said, I am not only the Alpha and Omega, which is the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Such like saying, I am A to Z in our alphabet, but I'm also the beginning and the end. So here he takes the last of the Bible and attaches it, strategically, directly attaches it to the very first page of the Bible that says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He says, I am the beginning, now I'm the end. I'm finishing everything that I started. So here's what, here's, here's what Genesis 1 and 1 says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what he's attaching it to. See, here's what we need to know about God creating things. We don't understand how God can begin with the end in mind. But that's exactly what he says in Revelation 13 and eight when he says, the Lamb of God was slain from where? The foundations of the earth. The Lamb, of, that means Jesus died for our sins knowing we were gonna sin. Only grace and mercy can die for you knowing you're gonna let them down. Only grace and mercy, only a loving God can love you so much that he knows it's going to be a mess, but he's gonna love you anyway because he knows that if he begins something, he can finish something. And can I tell you tonight, the fact that you are here tonight, the fact that you're sitting here tonight, not only means that you love God, it also means that God loves you don't give up on the process. When I was a kid, we used to sing a song called He's Still Working On Me. Maybe we need to bring that one back. How many of you can say tonight, he's still working on me? Don't give up on yourself and don't give up on the process because God finishes what he started. So he takes us all the way back to the beginning. So how does God start a new process? 
How does God start a new year, a new season? See, this is not just a new year, it's a new opportunity. It's a new season. God is doing for you now what he did in Genesis, what he promises to do in Revelation. Every time God starts something and finishes something, he makes all things new. So God is telling us that this is the pattern of a new season. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, look at, look at verse 14 in Genesis 1. God said, let there be lights in the firmament, and of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons and days and years. Did you know that New Year was God's idea? It wasn't your idea. It wasn't the Gregorian calendar idea. It wasn't Rosh Hashanah then the Jewish calendar idea. No, we adopted those because God says in the very first chapter of the Bible, I created days because he knew some days were gonna wear you out and you need to sleep and have another one. And some days were gonna fill you with all kinds of joy and you couldn't wait to get up and have another one. God said, you know, God did not have to design days. Days and nights, you realize that when we get to heaven, there's no more night. It, it goes away. The Bible says there's no more need for sun and moon. There's never any darkness that ever enters heaven. God did not have to create this world with any darkness in it, but he knew you needed a new day. And I, I can tell you there are times I just, need, I just need to get up because his mercies are renewed in the morning, right? I just need to go to sleep and get back up and start over. Am I the only one in the house or can somebody else say no? Dr. B, sometimes I just need to get up and start over again. See, even if you mess a day up, it's not the end. Even if you mess up a relationship, it's not the end. If you mess up a season of your, it's not the end. God is the one who said, I want to make all things new. I'm gonna give you a new day, and that new day is gonna be determined by the rotation of the earth. That's a day. One full rotation is a day. One full rotation of the moon is a month. I'm not only gonna give you a new day, I'm gonna give you a new month. But I'm not only going to give you a new month, I'm creating a solar calendar. I didn't have to put the world in circular motion. I didn't have to put the world in orbit. But I'm also creating a solar calendar because you're going to need a new year. So how does a new year begin? How does a new season begin? God designed a divine reset for you. Somebody say that, divine reset. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at PO Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. God designed a divine reset. This is a new year on purpose. It is a new season on purpose. This year is not supposed to be like last year. Anybody wanna say amen to that? 
This year cannot be last year. There is no way that you can repeat the same year that you had last year. It is gone. This is a new year. And with a new year comes a new creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created something brand new. And this year, do you realize that there are things that God has created for you in 2023 that have never been created for you? Do you realize that there are opportunities that are waiting on you? There are angels waiting on you. There are relationships waiting on you. They're already there. God is already in their future and he is bidding you to come because he already has blessings. They've already been designed. They've already been created and they are already waiting on you. There are, there are opportunities. There are new things that you've never had in your life before that God designed to show up in 2023. Anyone ready for a new thing that God has created just for you? For some of you, that might be another house. For some of you, that might be a different car. I'm getting, I'm hearing the amen corner ramping up about now. For somebody, it might mean a new boyfriend. Well, don't get too loud on me now. Somebody, it might mean a new relate, a new friend, a new relationship, a new job, a new income stream, a new investment, a new opportunity that you've been waiting on. But this is the thing I know for sure is that God did not waste the rotation on the sun again. He designed it when he created the earth in 2000. 2023, I will make all things new. I will give them a new year that comes with fresh opportunities and new anointings and a new season. So you cannot be, even if you want to be, you cannot be who you were. It's impossible. You're older, you're wiser, you're stronger. I don't know how, what it took you to get here, but I can tell you, you cannot be who you were. It's impossible. God has created a new year, which means all things new. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about new things. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a what? A new creation. I love this part. If you haven't quoted this over yourself, you need to start it today. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become what? New. When you come to Christ, your life changes. Your spirit changes. You know what happens when you actually accept Christ as your Savior? It's an awakening that happens inside of you. You, you begin to see things you couldn't even see before. It's like there was a veil over your eyes that you can't even see, and it's been removed. You start hearing things you could never hear before because now your spirit is awakened. Your spirit is alive. There are three parts here. You're a body, you're a soul, and you're a spirit. And when you come to Christ, all three parts of you are revolutionized and regenerated. Something changes in your body. Do you know that prayer can 
can change the DNA of your body? Do you know that worship can change the DNA of your body? Do you know that just being in God's presence can change the DNA of your body? Do you know what happens when the, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength? Even medical science has proven that the more joy you have, the healthier you are, the more endorphins are being released, the more healthy your bloodstream is, the more healthy your synaptic patterns are. God can just give you one gift, joy, and it can make you healthier all over your body. One new gift of joy. Anybody need the gift of joy? Just raise your hand. That's all right. You just said, I want it. I want the gift of joy. My hand's up too. That one gift from God can change your physical makeup, your DNA. So understand that God says in, in 2 Corinthians that he can make you a new creature. That means a new body, a new soul, a new spirit. Well, well Isaiah 42 says that God will give you a new song. Wow, we heard Jenna's new song just a couple of weeks ago. My goodness, what a song that was. When God gives you a new song, it has a new assignment. It releases a new anointing. It opens up new doors. It opens up new ears. It gets into people's soul and can never get out again. When God gives you a new song, don't you keep it to yourself. You get up and sing it wherever you can sing it. Go to the nursing home and sing it. Go to the jail and sing it. Wherever, get on the sidewalk and sing it. Wherever you sing it because everything new changes things around it. Isaiah said he'll give you a new song. Ezekiel 11 and 19 says he'll give you a new spirit. Renew your spirit within you. That's literally what happens when you get saved. That's literally what happens. Your spirit becomes alive inside of you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he'll give you a new hope. So everything, the Bible says so much about new. Uh, in Lamentations, it says, though that through the mercies of the Lord were not consumed because his compassions fail not, they are what? Every morning? New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Do you know all you have to do is get up one more time and your possibilities can change. That's all you have to do. You have to just get up one more day and one more, one 24-hour turnaround can change all of the possibilities in your life. I mean, only God can do that. His mercies are new every day. Not, not extended, not retained, no, new every day, brand new every day are the mercies of the Lord. Somebody say new. See, this is not just a new year. It's a new season. It's a new opportunity. It's a new you. It's a new chance. It's a chance for you to be something you've never been before. It's an opportunity for you to do things you've never been before. New seasons are times for God to create new things but it's also a time for you to create new things. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off the evangelist hat for a minute and put on the pastor hat for a second, all right? And I want you to take notes in this next part. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on the teacher hat too. Five things you need to be creating for yourself this year. Five things, all right? I'm gonna go through these quickly because I wanna get into the next part of the sermon. Five things for yourself that you need to be, that you need to be creating. The first thing is, you need to create a picture. What I mean by that? Well, let me tell you a story. These men were, two men were sitting beside each other on a subway and all these kids began to get rowdy and they were disturbing the subway. 
and the guy folding his newspaper was just rattling his newspaper and complaining about the kids. I wish somebody would get these kids under control. And the guy sitting beside of him would just had his head down and wouldn't say a word. And that guy just kept rattling the newspaper. True story. These kids were just running up and down the subway, and they were just kind of lost, and no one was taking care of them. And finally, this guy was getting so aggravated trying to read his newspaper, he looked at the other guy and said, I wonder whose kids these are. Would somebody take control of them and care for them? And the guy stopped. He said, oh, my goodness. He, he said, uh, these are my kids. He said, we just left the hospital, and their mom just passed. And I guess I'm not dealing with this too well, and I guess they're not either. And all of a sudden, when that happened, the whole environment on that subway changed. People started grabbing these kids and hugging them. The guy with the newspaper aggravated put his arm around that guy and said, man, I'm so sorry. And all with brand new information, the entire context of that scene changed. That is what is called a paradigm shift. And a paradigm shift means that I don't have to go to therapy for it. I don't have to even get in a prayer line for it. God can give me one picture, and one picture can change my mind, and I'll never be the same again from one picture, a paradigm shift. Why do you think that God said, let's go to the land of milk and honey? That one picture got them to the wilderness for 40 years trying to get to the land of milk and honey. How many of you are trying to get to Streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl. We're trying to get there. Why? Because he gave us a picture. How many of you know, have a picture of the cross and the brokenness of Jesus Christ? And because of his brokenness, you receive healing from that in your, in your life. Forgiveness of your sins because you have this picture that Jesus died for your sins. Now you don't have to die in your sin because Jesus died for your sin. One picture can change your life. You need to pray and say, Holy Spirit, what do I need to see? What one thing do I need to see differently? Some of you are operating in horrible habits because of something you see. One picture, one paradigm. I know people whose lives who were changed over one vision, one dream. You need to say, Holy Spirit, show me what I'm seeing wrong. And I wanna tell you what's gonna happen to most of the people in this room who pray that prayer, the thing you're gonna see is you and something that you don't believe about yourself anymore, something that you stop believing, something that a lie that's been spoken over you that you, have, that you are now believing and living it out. What many of you are gonna see is how amazing God has designed you and what he wants to do with your life, but you need that proper picture. Quit looking in the mirror and seeing failure. Quit looking in the mirror and seeing something that is that has gone by. Lack of potential. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by the express hands of the great creator Adonai. He made you with purpose. And you are in a new season. And God wants you to achieve the fullest potential you can in this new season. So the first thing you need is a picture. Holy Spirit, Give everybody the picture they need. Let them see their true identity in Christ, in Jesus' name. Let them see that they are kings and priests and princes and princesses. Let them see their heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the righteous. I want you to see yourself the way God wants, to see, wants you to see yourself. 
This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.